Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. We now have a Patreon for fans of our show to help keep this going. Subscribers will become a part of the show in various ways, from providing questions to our guests, to getting a shout out on the show, to actually being on the show to chat with us. We'll even send you a mug. So check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talking lion. We recorded this episode with our new friend, Ella Jane. I first discovered Ella on TikTok. And I found her on Spotify's Discover Weekly. It was only after reaching out that I discovered that we were from the same hometown. Small world. Some context for this interview. We recorded this remotely via FaceTime. Ella had recently released her debut single, The City, which as of now has been streamed over a million times on Spotify. An extremely talented new artist with a keen understanding of TikTok, Ella Jane is an artist worth keeping an eye on because this is just the beginning. So, without further ado, I'm Ella Jane and this is Talking Lion. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> it's nice to nice to meet you. You too. Uh, this is is like the I guess the first time we're we're t- we're technically meeting, but it's uh yes. it, it's it's cool because I feel like this was like the internet doing its job oh, yeah. well. And it was it, um, it was bizarre because it was also just TikTok. It's not even like it was like mutual friends or anything like that. Or like Discover Weekly well, or whatever. No, but that's the thing. Oh, okay. I, I actually heard your song on Discover Weekly, like independently of 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 Nate discovering it. So it really <laughs> is a tale of the internet doing its wow. job. Wow. Crazy. Thank you guys so much, by the way, for uh, talking about my song. That was, like blew me away. Of course, of course. I mean, I think one of the reasons we started doing the chats was just to like amplify what we were excited about. And yeah. there's always something really cool about like just, I feel like we don't get an opportunity as much anymore to just like discover new yeah. stuff. Because um, you, I think you followed us first. I did, TikTok, I, I did. Made a dumb video. I made a dumb video. I don't remember the video. I don't, I don't remember so, thinking it was dumb. But <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I played. I played like I don't know. I, I always liked the sort of uh, Charles Cornell or something who like played along to mm-hmm. like the people on. Yes, so yes, did, the, the piano the, guy who did the like yeah, Cardi B. Piano, yeah. yeah, the Cardi B one. The Cardi B one. Uh, <laughs> that should be in a museum. That should be in a museum. That's oh, like a beautiful piece of content. Tattooed Cult- on cultural, my forehead. Like yeah, just just yeah. Uh, preserved to culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I made I made one of those, and then my like goal with TikTok was just like watch a lot of it, understand it. Make something, mm-hmm. hope it does well, kind of thing. Mm-hmm, totally. And and that that one kind of, that kind of like did the thing yeah. to the point where I don't think I've made a video in a month. I'm like, I did it. I'm out. Yeah. No. And it's it's such like a like a losing game. Like you have no clue what's gonna what people are gonna react to. But I feel like I honestly I am really enjoying it right now. I mean, besides the fact that it's a total time suck, and I haven't looked at my <laughs> what's it called? I haven't looked at my screen time in actually a month because I'm mortified oh, no. at what I'm gonna find. <laughs> I'm so scared. But um. TikTok, Up 600%. Oh, it's crazy. Like I, those notifications, I have to turn them off. I'm like, they make me sad. <laughs> they make me sad. But um, like, I just feel like at least TikTok from the, the point of view of like someone who, you know, I have one song out and I'm just trying to see what will happen. It's just, I feel like it's the only platform right now that's truly dependent on just what people like. It has nothing to do with like algorithm. I mean, it has to do with algorithms based on what people are reacting to, but it's, it's just like very pure and you get to like witness what people are liking and then it just takes off. It's really cool. 
Well, I think, and not to be like the, we are slightly older than you, but like, I think that you're, you're more like naturally inclined to, like, I feel like I had to understand it. Like I felt like sort of an outsider kind of coming into it. Whereas I feel like a lot of art, like the younger artists that we work with and like our younger friends just completely, Mm. completely understand it from, from the get go. Mm -hmm. But there is, once you're in it, like there is this like natural feeling of just interacting with the content. Like I was surprised that a lot of the comments were actual genuine comments of people like tagging their friends and, Mm -hmm. and reacting to stuff. You don't see that. Anywhere else, really? Yeah, like as opposed to like come to Brazil, you know, like come to Brazil, a classic. It didn't feel like a bot or like anything like that. Totally, um, I think it speaks volumes. Like one of your most popular TikToks was you reacting to your song doing well, for sure. Like that's a very genuine Mm. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was part of it. Like just seeing what was blowing up, especially with music, like. I remember watching, um, I don't know how to say it, like Ash, Ashy, you know, I think it's Ash. Oh, Ash. Ash yeah, 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 Ash. Ashy. Ash, she yeah. like rec- um, just posted something of like her, like almost like excited to tears because um, Moral of the Story was playing on the radio. And I was like, oh shit, mm-hmm. like this is actually, I feel like a way to demonstrate that like I'm a real person, this is my song and like I'm shocked at the success. And and I I feel like it's a, it's a way of like promoting myself that doesn't feel like like self promo because I just hate when like you see artists promoting themselves in a way that you're not even sure if like they're running the account, you know, like it almost feels like a manager was like the new thing, you know, but it was just really crazy to see the reaction from that. And what is amazing is like, I got really addicted to um, the Spotify stats and stuff like that. (laughs) And what's crazy with the city is right now it has 11,000 saves. And before I even got on any of the big like editorial playlists, almost all of the saves were coming from like organically. Like it would be like the other, um, the other portion of the pie chart that's um, like coming from elsewhere, not just from playlists, not right. just from Spotify. So that just made me so happy because I feel like what I was going for was actually accomplished where it's like people were reacting to it and they were telling their friends and, and it just kind of worked. I got really lucky. It kind of fed into itself, it was, yeah, which is cool. Like you announced the song came out, the song was doing well, you reacted to the song doing well, mm-hmm. and that, in a lot of ways, like that, it, it was that video that had like the sort of viral burst, yeah. and then that leads into the song doing even totally. better, and and potentially even getting like the Spotify editorial um, mm-hmm. noticing. I kind of wish we had that, when, when we got our first playlist, there was not even like Instagram stories. Right. So we just, yeah, true. We just wandered around our dorm, just like, like crying. Yeah, totally. we, 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 we saw an uptick of like a thousand streams. We're like, this is it, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, made yeah. it. Like, it I, was- I remember when I, so what was interesting about this city was that um I had no I so I released independently through level which I love but I had no I had no clue about like pitching to playlists um I I mean I knew about it but I didn't realize it was something that that had to happen before the song actually like comes out oh yeah um and they don't even tell you that I think until like after release they're like how you can like get playlisted and so I was like oh fuck like I missed I missed the release date. Like, this is it. The only people who are going to hear it are like my parents. And then I'm going to have that awkward moment where people are walking up to me in school being like, ha your song. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with you. Um, <laughs> but somehow it wasn't even TikTok. I think that sparked it because the first TikTok I made was a reaction to getting playlisted. So I didn't think I would be playlisted at all. But um, I think the song was just doing really well from first impressions. It was getting like consistent. People were actually listening and like reacting to it. Um, and adding it to their playlist. And because of that, it somehow ended up on um, Fresh Finds. Fresh Finds. Oh, cool. Which yeah. was crazy. And and I thought that was like it. Um, you know, I had like my little week of fun. And then <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was 
study break and chill vibes. And I, and I, I can't say chill vibes with the straight face. Like I'm so grateful to be on it. But every time I say it, I'm like, yeah, chill vibes, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't even know. I'm kind of rambling. No, no. But, but here's but yeah. the thing is like, we had, we had a very similar experience, but we had it, you know, four years ago. Right. So it's different. It's like extremely different. The way that like you interact with it is so specific mm-hmm. to kind of like what's happening right now, which I think is like really fascinating. It's also kind of cool to hear you ramble because we are from the same right. like area and stuff. Yeah, totally. Because it's just ex- extremely familiar. I think we ramble very similarly. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, I think it's just like kind of the perfect storm, but it's cool to sort of see, I don't know, the new, the sort of new way that people are, are discovering yeah. stuff. No, I was just saying, and I think also with TikTok, what people were reacting to was the fact that like, I'm an independent artist and I put this out myself. I like to really try to stress the fact that like I'm in high school, but <laughs> just because like it was something that was so like, like just personal. Like it was just, I was there for every step of the process and like I had, I was involved in everything. So it was just like my baby. Like I was like letting go of the song and I was so nervous. But I think with TikTok, part of what people were really reacting to was the fact that like, I was just, I don't even know where I was going with this, but I, I don't know. I was just like, holy shit. Because I remember being added to um, Fresh Finds and so I made that TikTok on my free. And I remember um, I saw it. I was walking down from my from the senior lot to gym. It was fucking freezing because it was like the middle of, uh, oh my God, what comes after February? God, March. And March, uh, yeah. I just have to like, you know. Back, back in the before times. Honestly, I can't remember in the before times oh, either. absolutely you know? not. It's like <laughs> BC. Um, but I- Before Corona? Before right, <laughs> before Corona. But um, I was walking down from the senior lot to gym and I just like see this and I go in and I'm like telling my, my friends in gym and it was it was in the like badminton unit and I was sucking at badminton. <laughs> so it was so nice to have a win that day. You know, I like went home and then called my dad. And it's just, I think people like the fact and they're relating to the fact that it's just like me doing something I'm passionate about putting it out. And so that was just really special to witness for my first single. It does make me very scared for the next one, though. I feel like now there's a lot of pressure to live up to that. <laughs> but, it's, but it's also like, you know, I, I feel like every song has a, a life of its own. Like there's no two releases that are the same. Right. So, you know, may, maybe the, it, it's not the same sort of streaming situation. Totally. Maybe it gets a sync instead. Or maybe it like it's not the same playlist situation or TikTok situation, but like an acapella group, right. you know, wins yeah. a championship like <laughs> with it. Well, like, I, um, I, I was going to say a second ago, the, the, the first song that we ever got on Chill Vibes it got on Chill Vibes nine months after it was released. Yeah. Which, like, wow. I don't even know if that happens anymore That's nowadays in, in these times. But like, like that song w- was just trucking along. Mm-hmm. Like, t- like 10, stre- 10 streams like a day. 10 right. streams like, at a time. And, and then, then all of a sudden, sudden one day, someone, someone found it and someone liked it. So you, yeah. you really it's, never it's know what can happen with these things. I, um, yeah. or, or, or even like Easy Free, which I think has had like more or less no playlisting, just an organic situation, has was just all of a sudden started showing up at people's discover. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, every, even, even if things aren't meteoric at the start, like, you know, everything kind of trucks along at the rate that it does. Um, the most important thing, you know, trust your songs, enjoy your music. Mm-hmm. Cause that took us forever. Yeah. It's just trusting the songs and enjoying them. Yeah, you know? definitely. And, it, but it's, it's also weird because like, I haven't had enough experience yet with, with kind of making that disconnect between me writing this song, like at the piano in my living room, like literally on my, my bedroom floor to like, seeing the, the fully realized version of it. Um, and especially it's a weird time now because like I'm working with like remotely with producers and I'm, and I'm trying to learn a little bit about production myself, but it's just like so weird to like let go of that song. Um, and, it, and it's 
a little nerve wracking. But what I will say is at least now that I know about pitching the playlist beforehand. So hopefully that will help me a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to say, I'm, I'm a fan of your other uh, TikTok exclusive song, Oat oh, Milk. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> that honestly, somehow I think it's the best thing I've ever made. Like I, um, and of course my dad was like, oh, we have to like pitch that to Oatly. Like, okay, dad. But um, I um, had, it came from a, a dream, like which had never happened really? before. Cause I remember like, I remember reading something about, I forgot which song, but some Rolling Stones song that, or like Beatles song, either Mick Jagger or Paul McCartney was like, yeah, I had a dream about this. And I was like, that's so fucking badass. Like, I want that to happen. And of course the song that appears in the dream is like me standing in the kitchen with like a Madonna Vogue-esque, like almost like EDM going, there's no milk like oat milk. But I woke up and I was like, oh, this has to happen. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like perfect TikTok fodder. Like I feel yeah. like TikTok has been the outlet for, you know, sort of weirder errands. Mm-hmm. I think with, um, with TikTok, it's so in sync with like, if you can't tell already, I've got like a pretty bad case of ADD, hence a lot of the rambling and forgetting what I'm going to say. But it's so, TikTok I feel like is the perfect app for me because I'm constantly making like dumb little creations, like dumb little videos and and dumb little songs. And it's the perfect place to put all of that, to channel all of that because there's no, like the worst case scenario is that like a couple people see it and then it kind of goes right. away because it's, everything's just so fast. And that's like perfect for me because it, it feels less permanent. And it's kind of like a way to like just be stupid, but still like be creative. Um, and that way I can, you know, because honestly, if I, if I had made that dumb ass song before, like what would I, what was I going to do? Like post it, on, like release it, you know, post it on right, Instagram. Right. But now it's like, okay, here's this. Well, you know, and, and honestly in 2020, there's, there is such a push for artists to have like a voice, like not just, not just to be on TikTok because they're on TikTok, but mm-hmm. to be on TikTok because that's a great outlet if used right to mm-hmm. sh- like show off their personality. Totally. I feel like so much of like what we do, you know, if you just took it for our music, you had no idea necessarily who we were other than maybe like sad mm-hmm. people. <laughs> I think between the, the podcast and, and TikTok, you kind of get, oh, like, we're kind of yeah. nerds. We're cult. We're culture bloodins. Like yeah, yeah. the whole the whole idea of just like getting to know, get you know, getting to know know the artist. But but also that's the thing too is like, you know, there were a lot of people following uh, following our page when that like when the drunk girl mm-hmm. video mm-hmm. piano thing came out. You know, and I was looking at every, like people's profiles, seeing like because I, I wasn't really following anybody. I'm like, I want to see what's up. Yeah. And I, I clicked yours, and you were just making really great videos. Like some Thank of them you. were really awesome covers. Some of them were just really really funny. And Thank and then I heard the city, so I, I listened to it. I'm like, this is awesome. And I show Noah, and he's like, oh, I, I'm already a week <laughs> ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I you know I, I reach out to you about doing the podcast, mm-hmm. and in that we discover that not only are we from the same hometown, we have the same but childhood. like. Like straight up and that like you record, I didn't even know this, but like the person who you recorded with, Sam Stauff, like recorded my first record, like in, you know, like. Crazy. And and it just kept unfolding. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, yeah. Yeah, You know my mom, which is crazy. Yes. Your mom taught me for like two years at at the temple, like at Hebrew school. Like, yeah. (laughs) So it's just one of those things that's like, I don't know, you know, I, like I, I don't necessarily believe in like the, the the fates and all that, whatever. But it was just like one too many coincidences. Of course. It, was really, it feels really, like a little really like, oh, yeah, this is supposed to. Yeah. Well, it's just fu- funny, too, because it's just like, oh, I really, you know, I really love like the, the production. And I think the audio quality is fine. <laughs> and like, it's because I know that. Yeah. That oh, totally. Person, it's familiar. Yeah, yeah. Like, but to tell because because, you know, I, I guess we are four or five years, six years removed. 
but in the same same area. Yeah. What what was it like? I mean, I know what it was like growing yeah. up in, in my hometown, but what was it like growing up for you? Like, what was your experience? Did you do like the the open the same open mics that I did? Like, like what probably. Was the- so I actually <laughs> I actually did a lot of like the open mics at the temple, and I would just do that for like in front of like the cantor and the just like the local like you know, my friends from Hebrew school, their, their parents and like my parents. Um, and it would be, I was like the youngest one there and it was me. And then it would, I'd be followed with like some like flute quartet, you know, playing like, um, what's the type of music that's like, um, whatever. Like cl- klezmer. klezmer. Yes. Playing klezmer. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, this makes no sense that I'm doing this, but it's fine. But like, honestly, for me, I would much rather, and I, I've always been this way. I don't know why I would much rather perform for, an audience of literally a thousand strangers than like close people. So like my family, just for some reason, it just feels so personal. And it's, it's just, it almost feels weird. It it reminds me of like being at Thanksgiving and they're like, there's a piano. Will you play your song? And I'm like, no. Yeah. Um, But that's kind of the environment that I felt being from such a tiny town because like, you know, you're going to school with the same kids your entire life and you know, the same people and everyone knows you. So I feel like being a part of that and like learning how to actually put out my voice and like put out the content that I wanted to make. It was really important for me to kind of face that fear of like people that I know and people that maybe I'm not friends with, but like, like people are going to judge me. People are going to see me and I just have to deal with that. But I think because of that, it's made me like so much more appreciative of I don't know, like my own identity, which sounds so ridiculous. It sounds a little like self-involved, but like I I was just like, okay, not, I kind of phrased that a little weirdly, but I just feel like it really gave me kind of the strength for lack of a better word to just like keep doing what I wanted. I also like, when I was in middle school, I started, I started like a singing, like a cover account on Instagram and I was like mortified. (laughs) The whole, it used to be called like ukulele, which was already we have to, there's so much to unpack. There's, oh God. there's a misspelled pun because the uke, if it was technically like ukulele, it would be ukulele, but that was taken like some bitch. But so I had like ukulele <laughs> and everyone would be like, hey, it's ukulele. And I'd be like, ha ha ha. Like, I never know. What was like the first covers you were doing? Oh, okay. It was, it was actually very weird because that whole account like saw through my entire, first of all, an entire vocal change. Like I was actually horrible and that's not an exaggeration <laughs> and I still have some of those old videos up if anyone really wants to see um but I was doing a lot of like Ingrid Michaelson nice. I really loved classic Ingrid ukulele Ma- of course content. classic the like, let's get rich um riptide yes. right. riptide covers galore like oh my god like get a grip <laughs> more than one riptide like four cover. Or five oh, riptide. like every couple months I'd be like haha you guys know you guys as if like the people following me like are like my fan base, no, I had 400 followers. Right. And I'm like, you guys know that like, huh, I love this song. And that was also back when videos were like 15 seconds. Um, <laughs> oh, and yeah. so, yeah, a lot of like Maroon 5. But then it was weird because like, you know, when you're in like middle school and that's when you really start to, you're kind of like, you have to be a poser. That's part of like figuring out like your taste and things. So oh, you yeah. have to like project who you want to be so you can like catch up to Yes, it. of course. And then through that, yeah. maybe you realize, oh shit, that's not, am I allowed to curse? Are you guys going to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're not FCC regulated. Okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, like, the covers changed to, I, in middle school, like, all my friends started listening to, like, 21 Pilots and Panic at the Disco and, like, mm-hmm. Sleeping with Sirens and whatever. And I was like, oh, God. So, you can so slowly see, like, the account shift a little bit into, like, here I am with braces singing, like, this is gospel for the 40th time. And then 
I guess there was just a change. Like even the change from like eighth grade to like the end of ninth grade was just, I kind of became like an actual person. And I think that kind of became (laughs) visible, like visible in my music. And I, and I, it reached a point where like, it wasn't until maybe last year that I finally got confident with like, I think I'm good. Like, I think I have potential because like putting myself out there online from like a really young age was so terrifying. And like, I would get a lot of hate, which to be frank, I kind of deserved at the beginning at least, but I just kind of stopped caring. And and that really helped me too. Well, I remember, you know, because so much of like, I remember like my, my middle school experience was like the vlogging stuff started yes. becoming a really prominent thing. So I think everybody, you know, wanted to be a vlogger as a, and I, I would occasionally do like covers, but I couldn't really sing mm-hmm. particularly well. So a lot of that like public facing stuff would always be sort of like, this is what I ate mm-hmm. today. But I just, yeah, I feel like it was just still, you know, YouTube and Instagram and Facebook were still trying to like right. come up. I honestly don't know how to use Facebook. Like I, I feel <laughs> like I got it for like school, like for college and I feel almost like the equivalent of like my parents with like TikTok. Like I just I don't know why I don't get it. <laughs> it's it's not for us anymore. It, yeah, it's it's, it's, not, it's the primary use demographic of Facebook is an older generation. Completely. It's become a generational divide. I I still do, but it's for you know more, more or less to communicate with sort of the more like, like adults, older friends like and adult, right the older friends in my life. But yeah, I mean, I, to, to to that note, it's just like I, I feel like everybody kind of develops in the space that they do. But I remember when I started playing open mics and at first it was just strangers and like everything like that. But when, you know, friends or uh, exes or family members would be there, I would get really, really nervous. Yes. I remember just like, you know, cause I, I wasn't sure how people would interpret the lyrics. Cause I would say half right. of what I was writing was like based in truth and half of what I was writing was completely fictional. Yeah. And then and both of those could be misinterpreted mm-hmm. for something else Completely. specifically. Like I could That's be writing about one person, but then the other person thinks I'm writing about whatever. And I don't think that entirely has gone away, but I just, I think that, you know, I had a friend who who kind of was just like, you know, those who matter don't mind, those who mind don't matter yeah. kind of thing, where if somebody's misinterpreting a lyric, like, and do- doesn't understand what that songwriting process is. Mm-hmm. Like I always felt that like you write stuff to excise it. Like yes. you write stuff to let it go. Yeah. So if you write something shitty about somebody, yeah, I think everybody at some point feels something shitty about the people of that course. they love. That's kind of what it's about. But it's, it's um, also equally hard to do that when you're in such a small town because there's not yeah. really, like I was constantly stuck. And I this isn't, go, this also goes outside the realm of songwriting. Like I was kind of stuck between like, I know that if I if I put out this like video or this like cover even like that I'm subjecting myself to like judgment of like people that I'm gonna have to see at school tomorrow or like see every day. And like, if I put out a, when I started writing really and like putting out my music, I was like, like I was much less honest in my songs. And, and I think that's why I've gotten better just because I kind of was like, fuck it. But like, I used to just be so afraid of being honest in my music because it kind of was impossible to be that and like go to school the next day, especially for me, I was just like so self-conscious. Well, you have to, you have to just not care. Like you have to just like, which, which is so, which is so hard. I think in high school, I I had a friend who wound up becoming like Vine famous in high school because he, I think, you know, people made fun of him for it and he just, he was able to brush it off. I I think because he just never really cared to begin with. Yeah, of course. Or I think that he like, he was like, this ship has sailed Mm -hmm. and, but there I'm, I'm getting what I need sort of from like, you know, the calories of validation Mm -hmm. from, from Vine. Whereas like, A, I didn't know what Vine was. I just, I I never really was into like short form content until I guess TikTok. Yeah. But also, yeah, whenever I would try to make anything, I was, I was in a band, I was playing, people saw, but like Mm -hmm. I had the shield of like, there was a popular girl in the band. Right. So she could just sort of block 
block everybody off. Mm-hmm. But the moment I did anything by myself, it was like, it's, yeah, it's it, scary, was, it was definitely. like, yeah, it was, it was, I was defenseless. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but you, yeah, you know how, you know how those small towns be. You yeah, know? Like I, we, I do know how we, they be. We did it, yeah, you know? Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I feel like also if we're talking about like the difference between even just like a, a couple years, like for me, there's such a huge difference between like, first of all, I feel like people like don't like make bands in high school. I don't know why. Like I don't know why anymore. Like I, I feel like I was like like the the last def- of the, yeah, the unicorn, probably like the last, the last of, of the bison. I, I guess I guess part of it is we listen to less bands. Yes. I think the mythos of like of like being in a band. Like when when I was in high like middle and high school, uh-huh. like Green Day was like a pop. Right. Act. Like Green Day was like the pinnacle. But of so pop was like music. the Naked Brothers band. Right. They're like get your friends together and make music. Yeah. yeah like know? that was part of it. But whereas now I I imagine yeah. it's a lot more fashionable for for people coming up doing music to be like. Uh, bedroom producers. Yeah, like like, Billy. Like, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, totally. everyone wants to be, you know, everyone wants to find a producer or be a producer mm-hmm. versus like getting together with like, who wants to play drums anymore? Like yeah, that's not a thing. But I mean, you, you have that also like unfortunate a result of that is that like these younger kids are being so, so exposed to social media. But like, I just remember being shocked this year, especially because like all the ninth graders were walking through and they looked great. They looked like older than me. Like I'm walking through and like, an old like stained sweatshirt and like leggings and and they're coming through with like chains and looking all like TikTok grungy like I, it's just a different universe. But you know, keep in mind too that like your universe compared to us, it's, right? Exactly. It also feels like a different. And my, you know, I think my brother is maybe even like two years older than you, and mm-hmm. that felt like a different universe. Right. Like I feel like uh, you know everybody's ultimately informed by like their pop culture. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I almost feel bad for people who feel the pressure to like to like make it happen now. Right. Like I think so much of what was nice and then wound up like being kind of shit about music was hearing this sort of pressure in my ear, like, oh, you got to make this happen. Right. Oh, you got to look like this or be like this. Of course. Like by the time you're 18 or else nobody's going to fuck with you ever, mm-hmm. you know, which is obviously not true. But I feel like so many people now are like seeing, you know, Charlie D'Amelio and like all these and like, like young, Billie Eilish. Like young, yeah, and Billie yeah. Eilish. Yeah. Like these young, younger people who are like, we're like making, fully like fledged fully artists. fledged, yeah, yeah. Yes. you know, it, making millions of dollars in crazy. brand deals. And I'm just like, I don't think I'd be able to like psychologically no. handle myself no, if definitely. I had like any kind of pressure like I do now yeah. at 18, you know? Which is why I feel like I'm lucky to be in this sweet spot and not not implying that I'm going to like be like, I don't know why Charlie D'Amelio was the first off my head, but you know, like I, I but I feel like I'm in a, this kind of sweet spot now where like I am very young and it's is the start of, I guess my career, but like, it's just me, you know, there's no, like, I don't have that huge of a, of a fan base. And it's just like, I'm just kind of getting to experience this without it being like too much. And I also feel like that's why being out of school right now, I mean, it does suck that, you know, my senior year is totally cut off. Like we're right now we're fighting for an in-person graduation, which is next week if it happens. Right. But yeah, you're like, you're the the generation that like started high school with Trump going into office. uh And ends it with the coronavirus. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a terrible year. Mm-hmm. I'm so I mean not a terrible year, like a terrible like, just, graduation oh, it's such class. Such a weird, such a weird like and we were also we were the the born like right after 9-11. I was born like two months after. Oh wow. It's so it's just like a very strange like time <laughs> for us. But um th- I guess the upside for me is that like I've had so much time to do the music that I want and like to write and and focus on like maybe trying production and stuff and I don't really have to, I mean, I kind of stopped caring about judgment from people in my school a couple of years ago. Like I passed that whole middle school insecurity thing of like, I don't want people listening to this because I was like, it's going to happen. But um, 
just having this kind of time right now, I guess it is definitely an upside because I'm just getting to do what I want, which is nice. Well, and and to that, like if there's any, you know, any advice or whatever that I would tell anybody, it's just make sure that if you get what you want, it's on your terms. Because I right. think we've met in our time, like plenty of people who got what they wanted really early, but mm-hmm. then realized that they hadn't yet quite defined what they wanted to resonate with what they actually you know, want or need. I think one of the things I feel really lucky about is that we've we've had a lot of time. You know, we've had like these sort of little pockets of success here and there, mm-hmm. but we've had a lot of time to be able to like define yeah. what it means to get what we want. Absolutely. So that like there's no question as to what we're going to do if or I'd like to say when mm-hmm. it happens, right. you know. Cuz yeah, you know, it, yeah, if it if it yeah. happened, you know, if it happened when we were in college, like as, as we desperately, as we desperately want, wanted, desperately it to, wanted it to, maybe we so maybe we wouldn't have gone down the songwriting production path. Totally. You know, there definitely wouldn't have been a podcast. Like maybe we would have to- like we've seen saw plenty of people where it did happen for them, and they toured for two years, and then just like didn't know what to do with right. their lives because they hadn't seen anybody for two years. Definitely. So a lot of the 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 patient stuff winds up being like a, a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. That I think it took us a long time to actually realize. Yeah, that. and what I was going to say with that was just that like. What's great about what's happening in music now and literally just this huge change over maybe the past two years is that there's no like right. No one's really dependent on on labels anymore early in their career at all because you can you're seeing everyone like Claro like with and, and just all these artists like especially with bedroom pop like blow up. And it's just because of that genuine reaction from people that like you can have a fully successful like start of your career and you can have it on your terms and like a label isn't necessary until you actually like need that. Like you can, you know, and so like some of my, a couple of my favorite artists are like people who just kind of like started on their own. It's, and it's, it's cool that I kind of get to be a part of this like time in music right now. Like I'm kind of getting to control what I want and I'm getting to put out something that is like 100% within my vision. Well, and, and, to, like to that point, like on the one side, I feel like labels have stopped gambling on artists, yes. uh, which has now sort of left a lot of the heavy lifting to the artists themselves, but has also empowered artists to be like, okay, nobody's going to save me. Like mm-hmm. I'm not making a record for a label. I'm making a record to start my career. Right. Like I'm making a, a, a record that can sustain itself just by people listening to it mm-hmm. over and over again. That's that's on the one side. But to the other side, it's, it's cool that you're kind of seeing the, the music industry in this way. Because I've always felt that like, you know, at first you sort of like join the wave, but at a certain point you become the current itself, mm-hmm. like you're, I, I have no doubt you'll be writing with people and producing with people and everything like that. And and the way that you shift other careers and the way that like your own like artistry and creativity mm-hmm. affects other people is going to have an impact on, on the history of music. Right. You know, I, like, you know, there were people that we went to school with who, you know, we had conversations with and they had conversations with us and they affected us and mm-hmm. we affected other people and we all were affecting each other. It's a butterfly but now effect, they're yeah, writing crazy. Yeah, but now they're writing like these these crazy songs. Like yeah. now, you know, now like we we get to influence each other, if not, you know, an entire like fan base. We mm-hmm. get to influence, you know, other artists right. to 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 do things in a certain kind of way or yeah. to be to advocate for themselves. Totally. Uh, and I yeah, I think especially during Corona we're seeing like uh, even just like the pushback of labels saying mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, 
like you've taken money from artists and now you, they can't tour to get right. that money back. Like, what are you doing? Like, we're st- we're just seeing these paradigm shifts in these really, mm-hmm. really powerful ways to the point where it's the wild west and yeah. we get to just decide totally. who you want to be. You know, you can be you can be a bandit or you could be you know the <laughs> sheriff or you know I, I I hope none of us get tied to the train tracks, but like. <laughs> I think I think we get to decide what we want to be in this, which is right. which is something that not not everybody in music has always had the opportunity, yeah, like opportunity really to. Yeah. So I think I think that's awesome. Before actually going into the city, did you ever play in the city? No, and that's what I was like really hoping to do with my senior year, if not even perform in the city, just like perform more in general and just kind of get that experience. I mean, I'm I'm sure in college I'm going to get more of that experience, but like I. I just like my, you know, I feel like um, speaking of like bands in high school, like there was our generations of, of dads, all our dads were in bands in high school. Like they all, it was just a thing. Right. Not mu- right? like not musically talented. Like they didn't have to be. They were just like, this is like me and my buddies are like starting a band, you know, um, and they'd be in, like, my dad wasn't like, I mean, he's very musical and he's good, but like there were, he was probably in like 15 bands throughout like high school and college. And um my dad's in a Grateful Dead uh, was in a Grateful Dead cover band no for way. a while, and now and now he's in a brass band uh, as no. a keyboardist. That's yeah, yeah. My dad plays um, piano. I mean, he mainly does a lot of like jazz stuff, but like, I, I don't know. Like, he always talks about like he would like sneak out into the city and like they would play like um, CB. What's it called? CBGB. CBGB. Yeah. No, that's um, yeah. And just like just all these like very like iconic New York small the bit the bitter end yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. all that Arlene's grocery yeah, yeah. well uh, I when I was like 15 I used to tell my parents I was going to my friend's house and then sneak into <laughs> well, I would hop on the Metro North yeah sneak into uh, the East Village mm-hmm. and play at the Sidewalk Cafe wow. on Avenue A and 6th Street. Mostly because I heard a rumor that Regina Spector played oh, I there. Was, that was like the you know. start of my like Oh my God. I was, when my Ingrid Michaelson, um, Regina Spector phase was like such a weird part of my life, but like it, I, I feel like they're the reasons that I write. Well, you can hear it, you can hear it in the sort of vocal driven part of yeah. like the fact that like so much of the actual instrumentation of the city is like this vocal layer yeah. that goes throughout. And I also appreciate the songs called The City. Like, yeah. you know, like that's, it was funny is like, you know, I, I've grown up, I've lived in Boston and lived in yeah. Los Angeles, whatever. And I still refer to New York as, as the, city. the city. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which which I feel like other people have taken qualms with, but like mm-hmm. anybody on the East Coast is just like, yeah, that's Yeah, that's I'm going to the it city. It, it's just like uh, mutually understood. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, no, the Sidewalk Cafe was like a really cool community. I think Halsey used to play there too. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I, I never ran into her. Yeah. <laughs> There, it was just like it was just you know Florence from Florence on the Machine. Wow, yeah. Would, it was just like one of those like weird hubs of. I don't think it's it's doing open mics anymore, but but yeah, yeah. I, I used to sneak out to play the sidewalk cafe. That right. was like my big rebellion. I mean, the problem with that now is that like now like my parents track me. Like they, they don't like track me, oh, but if, wow, like, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like out of I like I remember the tracking thing is like kind of crazy, but like when I one time I had um, a lesson in. In like a chorus lesson, like I had to like you know when you like leave class to practice like sight reading or something, um, right? And I this was literally just last year, and so I have a twin brother, and so um, like I I came out of the lesson with like twenty texts from him, and like thirty missed calls from my mom because I was in a slightly different part of the school, and on the track record it had showed up that like I was like somewhere else, and she just started freaking out, but I you know so it's just like. I don't think I could get away with that. Yeah, I guess it was just a lot easier to lie to your parents. Yeah, in a, I know. In oh, I like really missed out on that. Or 12. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, they couldn't really track my flip phone, my my NV two. <laughs> now I think I think I'm like I'm uh, anachroniming my my life because I, I definitely had an iPhone by by a certain point. But but the whole idea of like tracking yeah. was like a, very, a big no. Like when when like Snapchat in, like introduced it and oh, everything. Like Snapchat is so creepy. I, I still yeah, I'm, cool. I'm still in ghost mode with that. That yeah. I mean li- likewise. But yeah, it was one, one of those things where it's like when when like the find your friend. Mm-hmm. Like like my two best friends, we were we were. So close, mm-hmm. but n- when that happened, like we were like, yeah, no fucking way. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't. Not that I'm like ever. I gonna- still, I still. When people are like, oh, I like location share with my friends. No, I I'm don't. Like, That's I. I can't. I, I don't. I don't get it. I'm, I'm too like, much no, of like I- a paranoid skeptic to not at least like some part of my brain is thinking like government involvement. Like, uh, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess for me too, it's just like I, 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 I like to consider myself a very open person, mm-hmm. and I feel like what one of the marks of an open person is that you don't necessarily have secrets, but it's always a choice. Like right. I feel like what makes me an open person is that I get to choose to share mm-hmm. what I want with the people I care mm-hmm. about. Where, where, which is why like, I actually respect, I think I respect my privacy mm-hmm. despite very openly destroying my privacy. Right, yeah. It's the, the act of choosing. To, I feel like if somebody knew where I was or what I was doing, it would be different because that's taking the choice away from me to to share it. Right, of course. And I think 99% of the time I do share it, but like mm-hmm. it's just one of it's definitely you know, it's definitely one of those yeah, definitely. one of those things. It's, it's a weird. Um so so I'm I'm curious how how the city kind of came to be, especially because you wound up working with Sam on it. Like I you know, just like background there, like I knew Sam because my friend was in one of the pop punk bands that would play in the area mm-hmm. with Sam's band West Meets West. Right. So I would just I would play with them mm-hmm. and then like occasionally I would like record, you know, keys or vocals or something mm-hmm. like with them. And, and you know, and Sam like ran the studio at Mercy. So he was like, if I ever needed to record stuff, mm-hmm. like we could. And he wound up like recording my folk record when yeah. I was like 16 or 17. How, how much yeah, older so, um, than you is he? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how old he is now. I think some something in the ballpark of like like eight to to ten years. because yes. he you know he was like married and right. like had a job and like a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the time by the time we met, right. you know. But I just I hung out with this much older crowd, yeah. like this sort of pop punk scene. Right. Oh, I wish I was a part of that. Honestly, if, if you if you haven't checked out like Anne the Traveler or like W C Lindsay, which now goes by Cara Cara, uh-huh. um, like that. That was sort of what was coming up. Uh, American pinup. That was what was coming I up think at the I've time. Heard of them, like, um, yeah, really, really. Uh, if you're really into like that kind of like punk, yeah, post uh, post rock scene, mm-hmm. that's that's definitely. But yeah, that, that, that's how I knew Sam. Right. So the fact, like, like, I'm very curious as to how you wound up meeting him and how this sort of city came to be. So it's kind of like a multi part story. So the city took place. It was one of those things where I'm the type of songwriter which sucks, and I'm really trying to change that. But like for me, my best ideas and most of my ideas just come like spontaneously, which sucks because like if I'm trying to sit at the piano and write, it just doesn't happen most of the time. Or at least- I, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. People are like, how do you deal with writer's block? I'm like, I don't yeah. write. It's like I like, could- Like I write when I have an idea. Exactly. You know? it's, it's totally. And it, like for me also, I need to have that sort of match between a concept and the music. Otherwise I won't finish a song. Like I feel like I need a, a reason to finish it. But so- the way that the city started was I, I was in the shower and I was just I was listening to um I was listening to Robbers by the 1975. Oh, nice. And then I was also <laughs> listening to oh yeah, like favorite song, and um I was also listening to 
like somebody else came on and, and I love that like the like pulsing like mm, and I jumped out of the shower because also with my like ADD brain I was like I'm going to forget it and it's gonna be gone forever so <laughs> I like ran to my room like shampoo in my hair and I recorded mm, just give me a second and I, I have that still in my voice memo somewhere. And, and, and it's just like me mumbling. Like I knew I wanted the mmms and I knew at the end I, w- I wanted the like, when the silence gets too loud, I feel you calling me home. When the silence gets too loud, I feel you calling me home. That, I kind of left it at that. Oh, well, actually I started, um, I heard I heard it so clearly in my head, like the mmm. And so I went on GarageBand and I kind of like on my phone and I made this kind of loop where I just stacked harmonies of me like, mm, mm, right. And um, <laughs> there was no beat. There was nothing. It was just that. And I was like, okay, I have this and I like it, but I don't have a song and I'm not going to pretend I'm like a one woman acapella group. So I kind of just left it. Um, and I was like, okay, like whatever. And then I just rem- like what happened. I had been searching for so long for lyrics to fit it. And it just felt so like, like, you know, when it just lyrics just don't feel right with something and I didn't want to force it. But then I was just kind of at the, it was um, last summer. So the summer before my senior year, I was just at a point in my life where like my friend groups were really changing. And I was just like, because the song is just about like growing apart from, from someone and like how that kind of feeling of like wanting to be attached to something, even if it, even if it hurts you and like kind of like that battle and I just remember like I was sitting outside on my porch and I all of a sudden like I just like like felt it. This was like months later because I, I had written the original mm, in like winter of my junior year. And so I um, was just sitting outside and I pulled out like a bunch of sheets of printer paper and some like Sharpies. And I started writing down all these lyrics about like, <laughs> like I was like, okay, like I want like this metaphor with like, oh, like uh, an apartment, like this, this is, I'm in an apartment. And like the, so I had this, like I have, I still have it in my drawer. Cause I was like, oh, I want to keep this. It's pages and pages of green, like magic marker, like <laughs> chicken scratch. I can't fucking read anything I wrote, but it says like once in a while, I'll see something that says like, um like the picture frames are tilted, you know, but I was just like, no, like. Well, I love like, I love the hardwood floor line like thank that's you yeah that's a, my that's personal great, favorite line of it yeah. so i sat down at the piano and i finished the song in 20 minutes it just was one of those things that happened and those are always like i feel like the best things it was just yeah. kind of like i was like oh like wow like this is something that like means a lot to me that i like and it just like has everything that that I kind of like wanted. And I also like have constantly kind of been in the struggle, especially over the past few years, as I've been really, really working on writing and like trying to get better at songwriting. Like what is my style? And this kind of just fit that sort of place where like it's not there's not a genre like it's it's kind of like alt pop, I guess, but it's no, not. It's, I mean, it's very distinctly like, it's very distinctly you there. There's like echoes of like Maggie Rogers. Yeah. And like, yeah, and that that's sort of, yeah, and like mm-hmm. you said, sort of Regina Spector, like the vocal driven yeah. kind of stuff, very organic, very like mm-hmm. person, like the big sort of person in the room right. feeling. Yeah, definitely. But like, but very much to like a level of complexity right. and, and like a level of refreshness to it that like, that, that sort of sets it apart. But I'm sidetracking. How, how did you get, how did you get to Mercy? Like how, how did yeah. that... 
Mer- Mercy College being like where where Sam yeah. uh, works and whatnot. So I was on uh, vacation. We go to like Block Island, which is this like tiny island off of Rhode Island. I was just like in this tiny diner with my family and like some people from from the town that like my dad was friends with, like him and his daughter. They're just like, you know how all the like the music dads know each other. They're all oh, yeah. in the in the Halloween <laughs> bands. And so um he walked up to us and we started talking about music and, and the daughter's like a really, really talented musician. And he was just like, look, I, I know someone over and it happened to me, Sam, I know someone over at Mercy and you can record for like fairly cheap and it's like really a good deal. So like, if you're ever interested, just like call me, let me know. And as soon as I got back, I was like, okay, like I want to do this. I finally, like, I just really, I'm so excited. That was the day that I remember calling the guy who, who introduced me to Sam the day after I'd finished the city. Cause I was like, oh, like I'm going to like, I can't lose it. I just got to <laughs> um, finish it up. Right. So I called him and he helped me set up a time with Sam. And I remembered the, the, you'll probably understand this. The studio was so hard to find for some reason. Cause it's in this little like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. parking yeah. lot in the back. Yeah. And I drove there alone and I was just like, Oh, you get I, lost in the I'm hallways lost. and everything. There's so many, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went to I went to um like summer camp when I was two or three mm-hmm. at Mercy College. Yeah. So getting lost in the hallways felt like when you have that dream that you like have uh-huh. regressed. It's to, like, like a kid. Yeah. Like I was I was actually like having like 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 an anxiety yeah. like thing just being lost Absolutely. in Mercy College. You know, feeling like I was two or three years old. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> and it, it also reminded me of getting lost at drivers at at Mercy. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> trying to I find the bathroom. Drivers out there, yeah. right? But um, so I finally found him, and I played him a couple of songs. And this, we decided that the city was the one that was like kind of the most hashed out because the the thing that um, the reason why the city so the city took place over I think maybe three sessions, a couple of weeks apart. And the reason why it was such a long process was because Sam kind of explained after the first session, like it was like I had, so I had um, like lost some of the original files, which is already hard, but I'd imported <laughs> some of those vocal like, mm, um, and we kind of just built it off of that. A lot of people actually think that that's like a piano, like the whole, there's the only like synth or keys there are just like for like embellishment. So the whole thing's just like my, mm. so we had that um, and we had the kind of sections out, but he explained at the end, he's like, it's so important that you that you trust my taste and that you like what I'm doing with it. And please be honest, because the issue is I'm not really the type of person who makes like quote unquote beats. Like I don't, like I, my right. specialty is like recording and mixing. Um, so I'm totally fine. And he's, a, he's a great sound designer. Like he, you know, Amazing. a lot of the West meets West stuff is like really, it's like really, very like ambient, uh, beautiful ambient yeah, textures totally. and like all that stuff. But, but yeah, he's never been like, you know, he's done some like, like rap, yeah. you know, work I, I've, I've heard, but yeah, he's, his lean is definitely more right. in the sort of textural and, and, um, like rock land right. like landscape. Um, and so, so he, he was like, so he basically explained that and he, he was like, I can give you names of like some other people who might help you, but like we can keep going. Like, it's just up to you and like what you think will work the best for you. And I mean, it was- How funny would it have been if he referred you to us? It would have been insane. And, that and, would have been, been like- funny. So funny. <laughs> um, so funny. I was like, no, I want to stay here. It wasn't very like cost effective and time effective because it was a lot of like figuring out- what exactly I wanted and the sound I wanted, especially at a time where like I knew nothing about production. And so, the, and I still don't really, but like I knew even less. And so the only way I could like describe what I wanted besides references was being like, 
this sounds weird, but I want to like, I would describe exact noises and I try to like mimic them, but like, Hey, that's how I produce. That's yes. totally fine. Yeah, totally. Like, you build, if you can build up a way to communicate to producers, right. that is a, a style of production. Yeah. That's how they used to do it back in the 60s right. and 70s. But you know? that's, that's why that experience was so, so important for me. And that's why I think it's like the best possible version of the song that could have been because like, because it was such like an involved process. Like I, we, we would spend like an entire session, like we didn't even get to the recording new vocals until like a long time after, like a month after, because we were spending so long trying to like get this sound. And I was also pushing for certain, like he would, he has a very good ear. So he was like, I remember being oh, yeah. there for like two hours and he was trying out different guitars. And I was like, they all sound good to me. But like, I remember I really wanted this like guitar thing before I had the, uh, eh, 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 it was like, yeah. I wanted this thing that goes like, dun, 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 dun. but like I wrote that on the piano and like it sounded good on the piano, but I don't play guitar. I don't, I not really, like, I don't really know what like a guitar solo should sound like. And so it, I think it was a mix of like his opinions being like, like I could tell when he kind of wanted to veto something, but like, he was like, it's your, you're paying me. So he was just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not crazy about it. And I was like, take it out. And that was first of all the best decision I could have made for it. I can I can hear it in my head, which is just making me yeah, making me totally homesick. But yeah. yeah, but like it was just so exciting to finally experience. It made me like so passionate about production. Like when when I'm going to school, I I know that I I want to like focus a lot on it because it's just so like there's nothing better than that moment. I remember um, it just wasn't quite there, and and I didn't know why and he was going through a bunch of like different ARPs and we finally got this like Maggie Rogers-esque ARP. And it was that mm. moment where we were both like, ah, like, you know, when you like get so excited about a noise, <laughs> yeah. we're like, oh, fuck yes. Like that, that made it. And I don't know, like, I just kind of fell in love with that moment of like, oh, this is what I want. This is what's in my head that I didn't know how to articulate. And it's just so much like trial and error. But like those couple sessions were so valuable to me because I, I just got to figure out like, how to do what I wanted and how to try and like get there and like vocalize the sound that I wanted. So I think that really changed my view of like the mix of production and writing. Cause I feel like they're so. Well, that's like the high that I chase. Like, I feel like that's Absolutely. like a, su such a, such a powerful feeling. Of right. Just like of, of, Oh, this has been in my head and now, and now it's coming out, mm -hmm. you know? Totally. Now there's a lot of imagery in the city about kind of like, you know, moving on from someone and mm -hmm. moving somewhere else. Uh, was that kind of indicative of like this sort of next transitional time in your life? Yes, definitely. Cause I like growing apart from friends is, is it's like a natural thing, but it, it's so like, it hurts so much because it's, it's, it's basically like a relationship. Like you, like you spend so much time invested like in someone and like you love them, but it's just not like the same as it was. Like, I just remember like my old friend group, like there was nothing, I love them, but like, I don't know. I think we are just becoming different people and going different directions. And I was kind of caught in this moment of like, what's best for me is to be somewhere else. And I, I remember like the, the line, there's nothing left for me in the city anymore. There's nothing left for me in the city anymore. Was this line that I... Mm had written in my notes like a billion times. Like I would like keep writing it so I could like remind myself of it because I think I heard it on some, I don't know, like Grey's Anatomy or something. Like <laughs> like where they were just like, oh, like there's nothing left for me here anymore. And it sounded kind of dumb, but I was like, oh, I like that. I'm using it. Um, right. And so all of a sudden, like it all kind of came together. Like when I was sitting outside on, on my porch that day, like scrolling out all these like m metaphors, like I'm such a sucker for like imagery and like, 
I'm like an English nerd. <laughs> I'm an English nerd who's like accidentally illiterate, honestly, because I just I'm on TikTok all the time. <laughs> but like, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, we 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 read one big book once, and then we pretty much called it a day. It's like a it's such an investment. You're like, okay, like that was my brain exertion time for the month, and we'll move on later. Um, but like, I just am such a sucker for imagery. Like, my my inspirations are are for writing are like. Lord is definitely one of my biggest lyrical, like obviously like mm. production, but like, and Phoebe Bridgers all the way. Like I had just- Oh, she's so good. My favorite Did you ever. cover a Phoebe Bridgers song I did, I covered her. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or no, I, you know, I didn't on TikTok, but what I did do on TikTok was um, Phoebe Bridgers version of um, Ride and right, Solo. Right, right. Feeling right. like a star, yeah, you know, um, not in the country, but like, it just kind of like tumbled out of me. And I, I just got so, cause I love that feeling of like, when lyrics are so almost- tangible like they're mm. like you're feeling like the cover the colors and like and like everything and so that started those lyrics started coming together with that concept of there's nothing left for me in the city and it all kind of like sometimes I don't even realize I'm writing about something that's close to me and like personal and actually happening until I've written it I'm like this perfectly applies to the context of my life and so it just kind of all came together that metaphor of being like this is like a, a loved place like a like a lived in place but it's, I just like can't anymore. And, and also like, I have a really bad insomnia. So <laughs> the, the, like, um, I don't sleep anymore. And the whole idea of like finding peace and I need sleep. Like I need to get away from like, even though I love this place, I need to get away from the chaos. But like right. for me, like the, a line that was kind of important was at the very end when, when you have those kind of like rounds and I'm, I said like, uh, when the silence gets too loud, I feel call me home. That was the line from, you know, the, when I, all I had was the, mm, that feeling of being torn between like not wanting to move on from like a stage in your life. Well, I think the song resonates for, for a ton of people, like regardless of where they are because mm -hmm. of the fact that it is about not just like this one specific move, but like any kind of transitional period. Right. I feel like even, you know, in in the the weird times that we're living in now, we've had to go from the transition right. of, you know, hey, like we're in the city, but like the bars aren't open anymore. Right. The shows aren't here anymore. Like Definitely we can't, can't our, go on the subway. Can't go right. on the subway, you know, can't can't see our friends. Like uh and I you know, I, I used to visit visit New York mm -hmm. like you know, twice or three times a year and I can't do that right I'm now so either. So it's pissed just, about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like one of those things where it's like yeah, you know, even if it's not about your specific situation, I feel like it mm -hmm. resonates with, with a lot of people. And, th and that's why I think it individually resonated with Noah and I yeah. in two separate, yeah. two separate occasions. Yeah, experiencing suburban New York and like going into Manhattan, like, you know, a couple times a month, like it just helped me in the writing process for the city so much because I fully understood like both worlds. Like I fully understood like right. finding comfort in like the silence of like a tiny ass suburb where you're just like alone versus like wanting to be kind of in, like surrounded by the chaos. So I think like- I, I'm, yeah. I'm more not being able to grow up, like be, you know, in my twenties in New York City, but mm -hmm. at the same time, like I do like the, the blends of the quiet. Like right. I live in a somewhat, save for the construction, a somewhat quiet neighborhood mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. At the same time, like we're somewhat close to Hollywood yeah. too, but it's also, none of it is New York City yeah. and everything like that. So it's, I remember too, I felt like there was such a freedom to be able to leave, you know, suburban New York where everybody knew you mm -hmm. and, you know, you could walk everywhere, like to right. the city where you really did feel small, but there was something nice about totally. being small for a moment as opposed to being you know, I I think I felt too big for my hometown, mm -hmm. but you know, too small for the city. I totally and, get and that. And that was it was nice to be able to like sort of transition between those two things. And I feel like also 
that'll kind of like when I go to college, I feel like maybe I'll start viewing that song in a different way almost because it's kind of like that in-between world. And songs will evolve. Your songs will evolve for you right. throughout your life. Like, I mean, I listen to stuff that we made a long time ago that has a new life for me now totally. that did, you know, um, you know, back then. On that note, are you ready for the question round? Of course. First yeah. question is, what is your phone background? I don't even know. Wait, I'm checking. My phone background <laughs> is, oh, it's me and my friend Callie. Aw, the power of friendship. <laughs> do you have a non-musical hobby? I do a lot. I, I like art. And right now I'm, I've been spending a lot of time both embroidering because I'm transitioning, I Ooh. guess I'm 18 going on 80, but I also <laughs> have been cutting and dyeing my hair and just making myself look in general, like coconut head. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a good hobby. Thank you. Um, do you have any skills that you would like to have? Wait, do I what? Do you have any? Are there any skills that you would like to have? Like, I really wish I could cross country ski, any like really well. Any? Oh, I would do. Do you? Do you? No. Okay. Not I was not just like, that's that was definitely like <laughs> something. I, I, I don't know. Just, that was like an example. It was, like an real ex- it was a personal example. Yeah. It was just an example. Some, well, you, that, with, that's someone's with goal. With the embroidery, you know, you could you could you could lump in, you know, churning butter, and, right. uh, and you'll be able to keep your family alive through the harsh winter. Yeah, you know? yeah. Survive the Oregon Save Trail. Save the preserves. For the children. Yeah. I wish Pickle. I could do anything athletic. I was on the varsity field hockey team for four years, but only because uh, there was not enough interest in the team to have tryouts, so there were no cuts. So I nice. kind of was just like, oh, I need to do something athletic. I can't do it, though. And by default. So <laughs> cross-country skiing was not too far off, actually. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, that you're that on. technically counts. Very important question. Okay. Would you be a pirate? Are we talking Captain Hook-esque or like? Yeah. I'm the captain yeah, now. Like pirate to the- okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I would be a pirate. I feel like I could, I could, I would love to have the authority to be like, walk the plank, bitch. Or like, you know, yeah. 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 Simple joys. Love it. The simple joys of, of, <laughs> of, or, of organized crime. <laughs> Mutiny. Um, do you have any tattoos? Uh, nope. And I'm such a baby. Like with pain. <laughs> like I, I don't know. If, if, if you had to get one pain free, what would it be? I'm torn between like, I feel like if I, if I got something permanent on my body, it would be like, Something that actually had meaning, but at the moment I genuinely don't know. But I also am kind of torn between like wanting to do that and then wanting to just like get a fun design on it or like just like a joke. But like uh. there was a time there was a time when I legitimately wanted to get like my spot like the Spotify like, like the code like graph <laughs> no the graph oh that's so funny like to you know because like I'm like oh cool it's like a visual representation of progress yeah. but now I'm now I'm like I don't know I feel like I have other priorities. I also my taste changed so often that I just don't trust myself to like get something. Because I just might not like it, like the next year. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, that's ooh. yeah, that's that's more or less where I'm at. You have yep. to find the thing. I, uh, my, my rabbi actually, when I told him uh, the tattoo, like my fir- what I wanted my first tattoo to be, he he was just like, I I fully condone it, which is which right. is actually pretty big for a rabbi because right. tattoos well, uh, that's are very controversial. Like, is that a? I always kind of thought that was like, like a like a, a rumor, a jumer, if you will. Like, <laughs> can can. Jews be buried in Jewish cemeteries. Like, of course they can, right? There's a prominent rabbi who's been really fighting with like biblical texts hmm. about how like the whole tattoo thing is actually technically cool and all right. Right. And I, I went to a very reformed temple. Yeah, same. And like, and, and you know, As my you rabbi, know. <laughs> my rabbi actually, yeah, yeah. Because my mom works right. there. No, but my rabbi uh, at this other temple uh, that I went to, my, my rabbi also had, had a tattoo in honor of a friend of his that passed away. Wow, yeah. You know, so he, you know, he, he was a big believer in like tattoos are important, but he was like, right. okay, whatever your first tattoo idea is, like sit on it for a year. <laughs> and I don't think I've had an idea that's like lasted a year right. yet. But when I do, that's the that's the ticket. Right. 
Yeah. I already have the blessing, though. <laughs> what was the first concert you ever attended? Oh, God. I can't believe I'm actually saying this, like, on any record. But uh, it was Maroon 5. Ooh. It that's was, not that's that, not bad. I, but Maroon, it was, Maroon 5 was, I mean, was, it was, was like, like, my first we, favorite we've, band. We've heard, like, the Cheetah Girls on on. I'm so show, jealous. So. Um, <laughs> I, in Madison Square Garden, I was in fifth grade. So, I mean, the, the good news about that was that, like, I used to love, like, Songs About Jane is still, like, I love that That's album like so much. That's, like, such a good, good record. record. That's, so like, good. one of my first favorite records. Like, they oh hadn't, like, still quite think about that sold out yet. Um, and this was, like, their transition into pop. But I don't know. I just, like, my dad got, like, a discount on the tickets. And I was like, okay, Adam Levine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I That's think, I, think, I think my first Madison Square Garden show was uh was Lincoln Park. Oh Ooh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. What is your go-to karaoke song? Any Adele song. I was a huge Adele mm. fan. Oh, wow. So probably um Turning Tables. Ooh, that's Ooh. a good one. Okay, that's, that's a good, good that's, that's a, a good, good karaoke one. song. Yeah. Or um uh You Making My Dreams Come True by Hollow Notes. Yeah. That's uh, that's honestly a great one too. <laughs> Pop culture lightning round. What is your favorite movie, book and TV show? <gasps> okay. Uh, uh book <laughs> book and movie love call me by your name i i read book i read Ooh. the book and i watched the movie oh, and i wow. loved it i'm a big sucker for like artsy like coming of age movies like uh lady bird is a big favorite that tracks yeah my, my favorite what is it book movie and what and movie, tv show, TV show. Oh, and show. TV show. oh okay i watch an unhealthy amount of tv but so do, so do we yeah but um i will go for like recents I just finished Brooklyn Nine Nine. Hey, Nine Nine, so good. Nine Nine, and like I do that all the time. I can't stop it. But I'm like, I'm a, I just love how I would describe my taste in shows is like the type of shows that you watch after you've just been scared shitless from like a really scary horror movie, and you're like, I'm gonna watch Thirty Rock or the monster in my closet's going to eat me. Um, right. That's like my, cause I just, I, yeah. So Brooklyn I obsessively I, watch Frasier as like comfort food. Like yes. I, I love watching Frasier because it's just so easy to like digest. And so that's why uh, I just watched Kim Conven Kim's Convenience in such a short amount of time. I highly recommend oh, it. Nice. Shit's Creek, stuff like that. Just good comfort food sitcoms. Oh yeah. We love to see it. Definitely feel that. Do you have a scar with a story? It's a boring story. I uh, was trying to cut a kiwi and I sliced my finger like a lot. There's a little, <laughs> oh, you know what? I do have one of those. I feel like everyone's got some, some things somewhere where um, you have like just pencil lead stuck in you forever, like graphite. Oh yeah. Is that <laughs> a th like, yeah. Cause I, I have, I have that, but I didn't realize that was like a thing. I'm looking at it right now. I have a, I have a, when I was in ninth grade, uh, I was studying for a test really late at night, very sharp pencil, fell asleep. Next thing I knew, I felt like I had just been stabbed and there was just this super, like I just don't sharpen my pencils that much anymore. Or just like, I guess don't bring a pencil in the bed. But um, <laughs> like, I just woke up with like, there's graphite in my knee and it's, I guess that's my tattoo. If, if we're talking tattoos. Right. The original original stick and phone. Oh, yeah. But my, my brother, when he was like two, so I was maybe like five or six, he ran across the hallway, like jousting style <laughs> with a sharpened pencil oh. and stabbed my back. How? Um, and I think I, I still have have the mark. I oh. just hadn't thought about it until just now. Battle scars, though, you know. Yeah, siblings. That's what siblings are for. Literally stabbing you in <laughs> the back. Literally stabbing yeah. you in the back. A good, but a good sibling will stab you in the front. I've always, <laughs> I've always thought that. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? This very moment. Go. Um, I need to clean this room because it's gross. I'm kind of thirsty, and uh, I hate running because I'm looking at a treadmill. Nice. Yes. 
Nice. And on a on a more serious note, what are you most proud of? I am most proud of a song I have that is unreleased. It's called Thief. And it was like the first thing I wrote that was like truly explaining just how I felt. Because I, uh, in junior year, around like spring, I fell into really bad, I developed like a really bad um, depression. And I was just like having panic attacks all the time and just like didn't want to get out of bed. And there, for some reason, I write about cars and everything, whether I realize it or not. I don't know why I'm mm. not, you know, but. It, hey, worse for Frank Ocean. Oh yeah, it really does. It'll probably be out sometime this summer, so I don't want to say too much, but just like that kind of feeling of release almost because I didn't really realize how I felt or like the kind of extent of like how unhappy I was until I kind of saw it out in front of me. So I'm proud of that. That's I mean, that's always how, how it goes. I, I feel I feel like, you know, and, and not to be like, you know, the, the first, you know, depression episode or like <laughs> the first anxiety episode, but I think when you realize that your brain can go there. Right. It's, it's very it's a very eye opening thing. Totally. And so it's nice that you're at least able to like you know. Ch- and I feel very lucky that we are as creatives able to yes, channel it. Yes, absolutely. So do you ever watch BoJack? I started it. I feel like I should return to it because I'm like missing out on cultural references. It, it's it's really good. But there's this one thing where it's just like if you can't you know if you can't make something out of you know your misery, then like it's useless. Right. Which I don't agree with. I mean that's yeah. The, the, yeah. Like the whole idea. The like, point in the show. The whole is that idea of the show is that it's not. Yeah. It's like a terrible, terribly unhealthy thing. Yeah. That was the thing too. Is like I, on the bright side, I always felt right. We like have that. that. Like, that like at, at the very least, if we decide to, we can make something right. out of like I think out of like sort of misery. Yeah. And I stuff. think about a lot. Um, I don't know if you know it, but do you know Lord's song "Writer in the Dark"? No. Oh yeah, that's amazing song. But like the like bet you rude the day because it's about like how this this guy she was dating would like, she'd, she'd open up about the relationship and just how she was feeling. And he'd be like, what the fuck? You're pulling a Taylor Swift on me. You're like trashing me in public. But like, she's like, this is the way that I exist. Like, this is how I need to see the world. And this is like my superpower. And you don't touch that. And if you want to be with me, then you got to deal with that. Well, it's what we were saying before about like taking the, the, the shit emotion and writing about it to excise it. Right. Like rather than letting it fester, like letting it sort of out in a way. I'm excited to hear Thief. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, it's very is like. That, is that is that going to be your next song? Or? It is not. Actually, this, it's funny. The song I'm releasing next, which it's almost done. I'm hoping to get it out by the end of June, if not like early July. It was for my AP Lit final project. It's inspired by The Great Ooh. Gatsby. Uh, it was like Ooh. I hope uh, my teacher doesn't hear this somehow. But it was the only. It was the only book that I actually read in Lit. Honestly, same. Yeah. Sleeping Lion. The name came out of IB film class. Oh wow! So definitely, definitely with yeah, I guess, with it there. I guess yeah. like school's kind of valuable. Like, huh? um, you know, there's some important yeah, parts. It's like maybe to a it. thing. Do you reference Gatsby specifically, or is it more sort of like broad? Is the song called Green Light? Yeah, I was like really considering it, and I was like, "Huh, I think that's like a thing. It's yeah, ringing a bell." I think it's been done. <laughs> um, but I didn't put the green light in there. I was like, "Nope." Um, but it's very. It was. Like that idea of, um, I just found it really interesting that like the idea of throwing a hundred parties for someone just for one person to come and like trashing your oh, house. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, it's more like thematic and it's like from, I guess like, I don't say, I don't reference names or anything. It's not like this is the Gatsby song, but like, you know, if you have read the book, maybe it will change. What, what's the song called? It's called Nothing it's called Else. Old Sport. Old Sport. Ooh. Sport. <laughs> Next question on the question round is what's important to you? Short answer, my dog. I don't know. It's an important one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a satisfactory that's a, answer. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take, take that. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. I mean, there's that's plenty great. more that's important to me, but she's, she's a cutie. She, um, she just got her 
she got her leg removed last year, so she just kind of hops around, oh. and we're like, oh, a three-legged dog. Yeah. What's your what's what's your dog's name? Her name's Molly. Mm. Hi, Molly. Molly the. Hi, Molly the dog. I'll pass what it kind on. Kind of dog is it? She's a golden doodle. Oh. Mm-hmm. Good one. Yeah. Mo- just a moment of uh, appreciation for Molly. Molly the. Oh, Molly, Molly the three-legged doodle. golden I will, doodle. Oh my god, she's honestly the best. She's the type of dog that like people who hate dogs are just like transformed because she's just <laughs> she's such like a she's ba- she's like hates has like social anxiety around like dogs but like is just such a like a human human dog that like you're just like oh <laughs> i love that that's that's lovely i have my little dustin back home my little dog and lastly what are you looking forward to human contact summer and college <laughs> yeah That'll definitely do definitely it. Definitely something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, hey, it's it's super nice to meet you. Yes, I, you too. I hope that when the world goes back to normal, like, and I finally visit my parents again, maybe we can hang. And if you're ever in Los Angeles, <laughs> we can write and everything. I'll probably see you but, at uh, like a Yom Kippur one time. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we've already seen each other at I'm Yom sure. Kippur I'm and sure. just like br- breaking breaking the fast in style. Oh, I miss New York bagels and locks. Oh, you're just yeah. I'm not br- it, not excited it to get away. Of course. But no, you're you're awesome and we're we're in your corner as is I'm sure Sam and it's cool to just sort of see like good things happen to good people for good music because that shit doesn't go down all the time right. so just keep keep doing what you're Thank doing you. and we'll we'll keep shouting it out on the uh yeah. on yes. the podcast and Thank and, you guys and so listening. much for having me on and the feelings mutual Stay healthy you me know too. stay well and keep in touch I will Thank you guys We would like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.